What's going on? Happy Tuesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. And not my new co-host, but she is in studio with me now, Beth Troutman. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be in here with you. I uh, was a fan for many, many years, so getting to sit beside you, I oh, get that's to, too it's kind. Fun. You're very nice. So you're the you're now the co-host for Good Morning on WB. Or sorry, Good Morning on BT. Yeah, Good Morning BT. Good Morning BT. Yes, yeah, I'll get it right at some point. I've said it every different way. Um, Good Morning BT, and so that is obviously a play on the the station call letters, but also your initials. Yes, do you and think both. that gave you the track, the inside track? I think that was it. I think that's it. I, you know, they were like, "Well, you know what? Her her initials are BT. She can kind of talk, so it, right. it works. It works." So you so you started on April first, and uh, that was not April Fool's joke. Everyone started, thought it was. Everyone though. thought it was. They but did. you've been doing this now as uh, uh, as a what two chair concept. You've been coming in and kind of co-hosting with Bo for how well how long now? It's almost been a year, as a matter of fact. Um, when Governor McCrory decided to run for the U.S. Senate, he had to leave his spot on the show, and Bo reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you come in? You know, a couple." days a week and and fill in for this role and we'll just see if we have fun together and so i think that was what april 14th or something when he made his announcement so it's been almost a year almost a year and so why on earth would you get into radio after you've done all of your like formative years and expertise is in television right Yes, I twenty years in a television career. I was the the anchor at WCNC here in town. I had a, a syndicated show um, for a while. Also, the anchor of the morning show here, WCCB. It was Fox News Rising at the time. You know, one of the things that was really interesting when I first started filling in here with Bo is the ability to be a three dimensional human being. Um, when you're an anchor, you're very much tied to a teleprompter, and you're very much tied to the news stories that are the news stories of the day, and they're written most of the time by a producer. Sometimes. You get to put a little bit of your own flair in. People Um, don't realize that. Right. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. They think that the anchors get up there and have, have, you know, done a lot of work on the scripts. And usually that's not the case. No, you can go in and, you know, change some things to sound a little bit more like your speaking voice. Or if you've written a story, you know, sometimes as anchors, you'll get to go out and report and you'll write that one minute, 30 second package. But one minute, 30 seconds is not a lot. And when I came in and started working with Bo, he so embraced every part of my personality, the part of me who loves politics, the part of me who loves pop culture, the part of me who is who loves laughing at herself. You know, he just embraced all of those fun parts. And I, I found it incredibly interesting, but just such it just brought me so much joy. And And you and I were talking off the air about this. Life is about joy, you know, and the things that you do in life, it's all about what you, the life that you exchange Mm -hmm. for whatever it is that you're doing. And this just felt like such a a great fit. And how often in life do you get to work with someone that you have instant chemistry with, that the conversation is easy and it's natural? And Bo is a pro, you know, he's a seasoned pro at this and one of the best um, broadcasters I've I've worked with. He's really, it's really quite special. So um, I went to, before, uh, uh, the show, I went to Wikipedia. I t- typed in your name because I wanted the background bio sheets on you. And uh, you have a Wikipedia page. Which is so weird to me, and I do not know who started it. I was going to say, Bo doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I don't have a Wikipedia. The station does, but neither one of us do. So, yeah, I was, I was just kind of surprised. When like, it appeared, my dad was the first one oh, to really? send it to me. He's like, did you know you have a Wikipedia page? And I was no, Dad, I had no idea. And then, of course, I found it. I was like, who knows this stuff? Right. Like, who knows these things about me? That's the stuff I think about when, like, I drive through a rural area and I look and I see this, like, 
you'll see this really huge house out in the middle of just nowhere. And I wonder, what do they do for like, a what living? What do they do for a living? How did they decide this is the spot? And I like this, I, I wonder about this. Who sat down? And spent time on this. Because it, it's very in-depth. Yes. Right. There's a lot of stuff here, lots of links. And so you've been, you have a very long career doing a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of people may not know this. I mean, you are local. You're from Concord, right? right? I, b- I was born and raised here, and I went to UNC Chapel Hill, so go Tar Heels. You know, sorry of course, I was into yeah. the game this weekend. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. But um, so right this minute, what is that? What was that? That was um, a nationally syndicated show. I actually shot the pilot for that show before it ever became a thing. Um, you know, when you work in television, you often do pilots just to make a little extra cash, you know, okay. on the side. And uh, about six months after I shot the pilot, it got picked up and got syndicated. So we were on... 200 stations across the the country. We were syndicated in uh, Mexico and like Southeast Asia at the time, but it was a, and it's actually still on the air. So I helped launch the show, but it's a show all about internet content. The whole idea was to make the uh, the internet accessible to people, all of the viral videos, all of the popular trends, you know, just all in one place. Huh. That was the idea of the show. It launched in 2011, which is crazy. It's still on the air. Over a decade later. It's like yeah. America's Funniest Videos or something. Like people, your yes. kids today, you don't realize we had to wait for Bob Saget to come on TV one Sunday. That's it. That's all we got for like a half hour to see the viral video. Yes, and you had to, if yeah. you wanted your video shown, you had to send it in in a padded envelope in a, you know, on a VHS cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And you had to, in order to get that viral video, have a camera that was the size of a boombox, if anybody still remembers what a boombox is, you know, on your shoulder yeah. that you shot these things. My with. dad, when we went to Disney World back in like 85 or something like that, we were all little kids. And he walked around with one of those things on his shoulder. And it's, I mean, it was a labor of love to get something on video. It was not accessible on your tiny little smartphone right. in your pocket. And it was terrible quality. So, all right, what else? Um, so, you got, right this minute, you, um, the balancing act on Lifetime Television. Oh, yeah. What was that? That was a morning show uh, for women. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of On the show, Lifetime, really? On the Lifetime Network. It was the first national show that I ever uh, was fortunate enough to host. It's actually, I left... Um, Fox News Rising here in town in order to to be the host of that show. And it was, uh, I think my mom was the only person who maybe watched that show. So if you haven't heard of that show, don't, I, I'm not offended Oh, <laughs> at all, because no one, I don't think ever saw that show, but it was a, a way to continue to figure out what I was doing in the mm-hmm. world of television. So, and I, I think I remember this from when you ran for Congress all those years ago, um, the West Wing Connection, and yeah. that was one of my favorite shows. Oh, thanks. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I loved it. I think it kind of ruined a lot of people, though, for politics because they thought if you just talked fast enough, you won the argument. Right. So that's not true. And if you walked while and if you t- walked while, ta- while right, talking, right? Exactly. Quickly, exactly. Then yeah, you yeah, would yeah. win. So, uh, can you? Do you want to stick around? Can I get you to stick around for absolutely. like one more segment? All right, Beth Troutman. She is uh, now part of the morning team here at WBT. We welcome her. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Good morning, BT. Good morning, BT. There you go. See, it's coming to me. I'm terrible with the brand. It'll Good stick morning, with BT. You. It's brand new, so That's I wouldn't right. expect you to to have it. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, and joining me in studio is Beth Troutman. She is now uh, the uh, recently named, as of what... Uh, Friday. Friday, It right. was not an April Fool's joke. Right. Uh, on the morning show with Bo Thompson. Good morning, BT. 
That's right. Good morning, Did BT. I get it right? You did. Because- See, I keep thinking I have to put the on in there, but then when I put the on in there, I think I, ha- I shouldn't put the on in. It's good morning, BT, good because morning, BT. Our, our station morning, is WBT. Bo Thompson is a BT. I'm a BT. We install a bunch of BTs. I do. I kind of feel left out of that. Like my initials are not, they don't have a B. They don't have a T. We could call you Beat Talener. Pete W. Pete T. No. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, I mentioned uh, before the break about The West Wing. Yes. How did you get a gig at the TV show The West Wing? You had, I'm a, from what I have read, you had like no experience. No. I you yeah. just show up at the door and like bring people coffee or something? Pretty much. I mean, it really is remarkable now that I look back on it because I had no idea how difficult it is to, to get a job in Hollywood. I mean, that city chews people up and spits them mm-hmm. out, but... I, I got my degree at Carolina in political science, and I've always been interested in political science. I, I interned for the Speaker of the House, and I decided that I wanted to uh, – I figured if I was going to change the world that I needed to change Hollywood, you know, yeah, the, right. the, the ways that, that the stories are told, that we could, you know, change the world by the way people think stories about Stories are stories. powerful. Right. And I – the West Wing had finished its first season in my senior year at Carolina, and I thought, wow, if I'm going to learn how to do this, I need to learn from those guys. Mm-hmm. And I graduated, I packed up a U-Haul, and I drove across the country. And it didn't occur to me to apply for a job there first. I was just determined that that is where I was going to work. I got there. NBC had an automated menu that you could call and you could get the phone number for the production office of all of their shows. I got the production number phone, the, the production office phone number. I called it and asked if they were looking for any production assistance. The guy who answered said, well, you know, I don't know, but here is the number you can fax your resume. And the woman who was hiring happened to be standing at the fax machine when I faxed my resume through. She noticed it because she had also gotten a degree in political science. She called me two hours later. I went in the next day for an interview, and I started the next week on the show as a production assistant. That's amazing. It really Right I, place, right time, right person exactly, saw the right document. Exactly right. And I actually wore a suit to my interview, and I got there with, you know, like 10 other people interviewing for a production assistant job. And they all were in, like, sweatpants and jeans. I had no idea how casual it was. Um, but I don't know something about that. I guess I spoke to her and I, I started and then I, I spent a year as a production assistant and then reached out to one of the guest directors who was being hired that next season to be in a, a producer and staff director. I cold called him and said, hey, you know, I would love to be your assistant and learn from you. He said, fax me your resume. And I, I did, again, just kind of cold faxed my resume to him. And he hired me as his assistant. And so for the next three years, I was his right-hand man and kind of got a master's degree, basically, in TV production. Yeah. Which was cool. It was so much fun. I I had no idea how lucky I was at the time. So you go from there to where? I, uh, I got a cold call, actually, sitting in my production office at the West Wing. Um, I got a call asking if I would come back here to run for the U.S. House of Representatives. Do you want to tell us who made that call? (laughs) Who called His you? His name was Mike Mickus. I don't even know where that guy is Mike now. Mikus. Mike okay. Mikus. Was he a consultant or something? Well, yes, okay. and I thought it was a joke because, right, my, Mike Mickus, sound, I thought it was somebody from our, our we did shoot in Washington, D.C. often because yeah. we would do exteriors there. And I thought it was somebody from our production office in Washington prank calling me because <laughs> I was 27, you know, yeah. at the time. It was not in my in my eyesight at the moment to to run for office, but... I went to one of our producers on the show and I said, his name was Dylan. I said, Dylan, should I do this? And he said, you know what, Beth, people don't get those phone calls. So even if you get five votes, yes, you should do this because you will have run a congressional campaign at the age of 27. And you're a poli-sci 
And I was a poli-sci person. And I had had the goal of running for office at some point. But Mm -hmm. I think I thought, you know, my 40s, not 27. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, you ran against here. Robin Hayes. I did. The sitting congressman, Republican. And I dated his son in high school. Which what? was Yes, his son went to my high school. And I, Bob and I dated. Um, he was a senior and I was a freshman in high school. He was my, like, one of my, I think my first car date, like, where I was allowed to go in a car with a, a boy. Car. He had a car. So, so did that come up at all? Well, only between the two of us because right. he and I knew each other. So I'd hug him every time I'd see him. I'm like, hey, Robin, how are you doing? And he never asked, how are you trying to get my dad <laughs> fired? He never said something like that? No. And I fa- in fact, um, I, right after the uh, election, when I lost, uh, I got a letter from Bob in the mail that was like, you know, congratulations on a, a campaign well run and, and way to go for trying it at 27. And w- what a cool, classy thing. Yeah. Well, to easier to do if. When he wins, I mean, then if had he lost. But, um, <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, you may have lost the, that race, but you did not go to prison. So, I did not. Right. So I think in the grand scheme of things, you're now the host on BT and, uh, and, and no luckily, jail record. Luckily, I don't have a, a record. That's yes, right. I'm very fortunate that way. Um, and so, I, well, see, so now I'm almost out of time. We'll have to have I'm you sorry, back I, on. I tell long stories. Totally, no, that's great. Hey, it's great for me. It's less show prep that I have to worry about. Um, but uh, no, I know you're, uh, you've got an appointment uh, that you got to get ready for. We can't say what it's about, but it involves the county commission. Yeah. Good luck with that. Thank you, Bo, and I will both be there. Yes. It's very you exciting. don't have to tell them you know me. Oh, well. It's I, probably best if you actually don't. I was going to whisper it. Don't I was going to whisper it in a few ears. Especially not to George Dunlap. Do not mention <laughs> my name. He will not greet you warmly. Uh, but we do. Thank you very much. It's very nice to hang out with you. Appreciate it. And I, I love listening in the mornings. And, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's a fun show to listen to now. I so appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you for the time here. You let me just come into your house and, and no. have a conversation with you. I appreciate no, it. No, absolutely. That's Beth Troutman. You can catch her every morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. And you're, they're taking the training wheels off tomorrow, yeah. right? You're... You're, you're going to I'm be without, bowless. I'm bowless tomorrow. Yeah. Bo is actually headed to the the Masters. So I will be here in the morning with uh, Brett Jensen is going to be with me. And, of course, Jim Zoki will be with me as always. So it's going to be a – I'm jumping right into the deep end of the pool there with a go. whole different show. News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. If you want to weigh in, the email is pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. And remember, get the podcast at wbt.com. By the way, uh, I will not be interested in carrying the, hey, I'm basically Barack Obama's third term rehabilitation show today featuring president biden i'm not interested in that it's going to be at like 130 i think it's just pr it's just a campaign event it's to hey you know let everybody know uh, i'm i'm still you know friends with joe uh, sheriff joe i'm still that guy you should support him his poll numbers are terrible all right the 2021 governor's report released by the american legislative exchange council alec You've heard of this organization, right? ALEC. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's it's part of the uh, the the constellation of uh, what do they call it? The the Coctopus, the Coke Brothers. This is what the Blue and On people they, they they look at Alec as like a wellspring of uh, far right tyranny. This is where it all comes from. Oh, a lot of it, and then the Coke Brothers, but the. Alec is 
what they and there are, by the way, similar organizations on the left. They do the same thing. They craft policy and then they offer template legislation, essentially, for lawmakers to use when they run through their committee process at the state level. That's the mission of this organization. But here's the thing. It's a free market focused organization. Hence the problem. Now, if you were for growing government, sorry, investing more in the people, if you are interested in doing that stuff, there are other organizations that do that. In fact, one of the um, defund the police efforts came from one of those on the left, and they got a whole bunch of lawmakers to sign pledges to defund the cops and adopt this model legislation, and then it got them in trouble in the last election cycle, and then people started taking their names off of it. They took the website down. So, yeah. So anyway, so Alec does this annual report. This was the 2021 governor's report, and they ranked the governors. And uh, a lot of conservatives were kind of surprised at one particular governor's ranking 22nd overall among the 50 state governors. 22 out of 50, so kind of, you know, a little bit above midway. But fourth best ranking for a Democrat was Roy Cooper. He was the fourth highest ranking Democrat in America by Alec. Oh, sorry. By Alec. Okay, so the Alec report gave Cooper high ratings on spending per capita, third overall. Gave him high ratings on in-state migration. I don't even know what that is. Seventh. And debt. Areas where he did not score as high were personal income tax. He was 46th out of 50. And the corporate income tax, he was 31st out of 50. And unemployment rate, 31st. And education freedom at 29. So he did very poorly in those categories. But uh, Alex's chief economist, as well as other analysts, say that in the areas where he did the best were the areas that he had the least control over. Brian Balfour from the John Locke Foundation, he's the senior vice president of research, he said, quote, the ALEC ranking appears to be a mixed bag. They oddly give Cooper high marks for spending and debt in spite of his vetoes of fiscally restrained budgets and his desire to issue more debt. Meanwhile, Cooper rightly receives poor marks on corporate and individual income taxes because he fights against the legislature's tax cuts. All right, so let's go over. Let's hear from Jonathan Williams. Uh, He's the chief economist for ALEC, and uh, he explains why Cooper gets a three out of five stars on economic freedom. Okay, for example, uh, he says North Carolina has been a free market success story, and that policy reform effort that came about a lot of it, well, virtually all of it, began before Cooper ever took office. In fact, he says you could make the case that Governor McCrory and his policies, as well as the free market-leaning legislature, that they've been moving the ball forward on these things. Alec did take into account the budget deal last year that Cooper signed, how uh, during the long legislative session Cooper compromised on a couple bigger packages, They looked at the phase out of the corporate income tax, reducing other tax rates and some school choice elements. And look, Cooper signed that budget. So, yes, he's going to get some credit because he signed that budget. Remembering, of course, that 
Cooper had to sign a budget because otherwise he literally had nothing he could attach his name to, no successes. All he was doing was filing lawsuits and waiting on, you know, activist judges to uh, uh, enact his uh, preferred agenda. But he didn't have legislative victories. He didn't get stuff done. He didn't get budget victories. So he needed something, especially if he's going to be uh, looking to run for some other office at some point in the future. So uh, the Alec guy says, look, these are things that would have happened or sorry, that would not have happened without the free market legislature, but they still did happen under his tenure. So he deserves at least some credit for that. But he goes on to say this, quote, Governor Cooper should thank the free market legislature from previous years and currently for keeping North Carolina's economy strong and those policy elements in some of the most competitive shape in the country. We're just big fans of North Carolina's tax reform experiment in the past decade. I think it has produced dividends. And now Governor Cooper presides over a strong economy thanks to free market reforms. I have not seen Governor Cooper thank the legislature or Pat McCrory for that matter. Haven't seen it. Not to say it hasn't happened, but I do follow these things pretty closely. But I haven't seen him thank McCrory for the high ranking which I'm sure will probably pop up in some campaign literature if, in fact, he does run for another office, which I'm not convinced he will, but I don't know. I don't make predictions on that sort of thing. So we shall see. I mentioned this piece yesterday. John Hood, also the John Locke Foundation, talk, he wrote a piece at the Winston-Salem Journal, an op-ed about conservatives see freedom as progress. And it's so obvious, like, I almost... Don't want to mention it, but I think a lot of people uh, that are not conservative don't understand this about conservatives. So I will get into this. That Yes, conservatives see freedom as progress. That's the progress. It's freedom, not government. That's progress. Newstalk 1110-993-WBT, Pete Callender here, Pete Callender Show. That's how I got the gig. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. Looks like Joe has called one of them because he joins us now. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the show. What's up? Well, hello, Pete. This Hi. is your old buddy, Joe. Yes, I do recognize the voice. All right. Um, <laughs> and the name. Really. And the name, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, what in the world has our glorious governor ever done positive for the economy of North Carolina or the good of its entire people? Oh, wait, no, I can answer that. I have an answer for that. He vacated the attorney general's office. He did do that. Yeah, but then he ran into, became the governor. Yeah, 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 but I'd rather him be governor than attorney general. Okay. You know, because, uh-huh. yeah, because as attorney general, he could throw a whole bunch of cases. I mean, we got Josh Stein to do that now, and he's sort of, you know, protege uh, of the Democrat machine and all. But this was about Roy Cooper. And so if I was trying to think of something positive that he has done for the good of the state, then... Him not running again for re-election after, what, four terms, 16 years as attorney general? Him finally deciding to get out of that office, that was a good thing. Okay, well, I'll grant you that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I didn't know that, but I do appreciate that knowledge. That's one thing you're 
I, you know, I can really depend on you for, and I'm glad you're in that spot. Well, thanks. Know. Joe, you know I'm a giver. I'm a giver. So that's that's what I'm about. I just want to inform as many people as possible. Now, aside from that one example, I'm, I'm kind of hard-pressed. Okay. Yeah, I don't well, know. Then that really tells me something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know the scores. <laughs> well, and this is, look, I actually wrote a... Uh, I wrote an op-ed before the election um, for the North State Journal about this very thing, that Roy Cooper has a very, very long history of tossing people under the bus if it advances his personal political ambitions. And uh, it's just a long history of it. And I went through, I started naming all the ways. And the thing, what was the one I just saw the other day? Kirk DeVere, the state senator, that now Roy Cooper is trying to primary Kirk DeVere. Why? Because DeVere was cutting deals with Republicans. Because DeVere was actually doing things for his district, was trying to act in a bipartisan fashion, was voting his conscience, and Roy Cooper told him, you hold the line on my veto, or I'm going to primary you. And sure enough, that's what he is now doing. That's the kind of petty vindictiveness that animates Roy Cooper. But he gets away with this, oh, shucks, I'm just an old country lawyer routine because of his delivery and the way his face looks. Seriously, that's the, that, and he gets away with, uh, with the, his, you know, the actual bad behavior that he, uh, that he does. But people think he's something else. He has, he has a very polished image that uh, is portrayed, but also is protected by a lot of people, I think, in media. They, they like that image of Roy Cooper as, oh, I just love me some basketball. And that's, that's, you know, that's as, as mean a guy as Roy will get, is he'll pull against your team in a basketball game. And it's just not true. And that's what's always frustrating me about the media in North Carolina. They would talk about, you know, things in Washington to a point. And they would talk about all kinds of things, basketball and sports and just every little killing and everything else. But the, the big issues in, in the state, you, you, it was just a blank slate. You never knew hardly anything. And that's one thing you've been, I really have always appreciated your knowledge of. And, and I mean, you. Well, just, thanks, Joe. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's, it, look, I know my lane, it's the, it, there, it's local and state and st- in North Carolina, especially. All power comes from the state, right? All power in the cities and the counties. And even at the federal level, these powers are derived from the states. And so that's the seminal wellspring. So if if you're not aware of what's going on at the state level and how it impacts you, I try to bring that stuff out because I think it is of real importance in the city and county levels as well. So, Joe, thanks so much. It was good to hear from you. Great, uh, Great to chat. Amen to that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care. There was actually a story to Joe's point. About, let's see here, do I have it in the, uh, well, oh, I don't have time to get to it. I'll get to it later. There was a story in the Charlotte Observer, and unlike the Observer, I do name the the various platforms where I uh, get information from. Um, There was a story here, oh man, it's in the stack, I promise it's in there. They did this big write-up about the felon voting ruling, and I covered this last week. That, uh, you know, you got these two Superior Court judges that all of a sudden found in the Constitution of North Carolina uh, that you're not supposed to restrict voting rights or the restoration of voting rights as North Carolina has been doing. That all this time it's been unconstitutional. Yeah, who knew that for, you know, two and a half centuries when they first banned 
felons, convicted felons from ever voting. And then when they eased that rule in the 70s, uh, they eased that rule at the request of black lawmakers, Democrats, and the NAACP. So all of these rules were Democrat-led, and the the easing of the restriction was to say, okay, once you serve all of your sentence, including any kind of supervised probation, so parole, probation, whatever, if you're under supervision after release, they count that as part of your sentence. You know why? Because it's part of your sentence. Because it's obviously part of the sentence because it was part of the sentence. I know I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes you have to state the obvious for people in media. So it's part of the sentence. So you have not actually fulfilled the term of your sentence because there is more of the term of your sentence that you have not fulfilled. I know this seems obvious to many people, but again, I feel it necessary to state this obvious point because they did this massive write-up about boo-hoo-hoo, I got convicted of a felony, I'm on supervised release, and I still can't vote, and that means a lot to me, and how dare they not let me vote. And never once did they ever present the argument, the, quote, other side of the argument. They never even mentioned why ever would this be in place. To them, it was all about what? That's right, racism. All right, stick around up next. Stacey Matthews will join me from Legal Insurrection.